Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. 2016. So Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year's. Yeah. Happy New Year's, George. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we're, we're starting a new series, um, but before we do this, I gotta like, I gotta tell you guys, this week has been crazy for me. I mean, I mean like crazy, like, like all kinds of things uh, have just went, went wrong. I mean, some of you that are here for the first time, you're like, wow, he just talks weird. I don't normally talk quite this bad, and, uh, and I, I may be coughing throughout, so hopefully... Hopefully we'll get through this, but uh, Sunday after church, I went home and I started a really bad fever, and, and I had a, a really bad headache for a couple of days, and, um, and this week, like, I had my week planned out, because I was like, I have so much to do this week, Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to set aside for preparing my sermon for Sunday, being today, and Monday and Tuesday, like, my fever was so bad, like, I did not feel like studying one bit. And so I didn't. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to study at all. And then on Wednesday is my son's birthday, and I'm still not feeling that well. And, and, and so I spend the day with him, and then we have a party, and I'm talking to folks, and my voice starts to, I feel it. I feel it slowly deteriorating. And I'm like, where's my voice going? This is not good. And I'm starting to feel better, but my voice is, is going. And then... And then the next day was, was New Year's Eve, and, uh, and I, I was thinking, well, maybe I can study a little bit. And then there were some things I'd forgotten I was supposed to do, so, so we did that. And then Friday is New Year's Day, and my, my brother, who's been here for a couple weeks, he's getting ready to leave. So I saw him, and I knew all day Saturday uh, I, I teach a, a handgun class. And, and I, I was like, I'm going to be doing that all day long. And I'm like, when am I going to study? And, and, and I got to do it. So if today is really bad, <laughs> that's my excuse. The next 30 minutes could be life-changing for you, though, I'm sure. Because today the title is, I Quit Making Excuses. Seriously. I quit making excuses. I'm like, man, what a week. What a week. I got all the excuses. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make any excuses today. Because I think this can be life-changing for you. Part, parts of your life could actually change today for the better. And, and never be the same again. And, and some of you, though, you might find all excuses in the world why not to apply what I'm going to talk about this morning. And, you know, I got excuses, you got excuses, we're going to find all kinds of excuses. But this is, my challenge to you today, is to listen with an open mind, and an open heart. And, 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 and let's quit making excuses. You know, we go into a new year, and we, we make all these great resolutions, right? Anybody make any resolutions? Anybody already break your resolutions? <laughs> okay. Well, 
I think one of our resolutions, instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to lose weight, is this. I quit making excuses. Listen to some of these excuses that people gave their insurance companies, okay? Listen to this. To avoid hitting the bumper of the car in front of me, I struck a pedestrian. (laughs) Here's another one. The pedestrian had no idea which way to run as I ran him over. (laughs) The other car collided with mine without giving warning of its intention. (laughs) Uh, My car was legally parked when it backed into another vehicle. When I saw I could not avoid a collision, I stepped on the gas and crashed into the other car. Good plan. Um, uh, the car in fr- oh, I like this one. The car in front of me stopped for a yellow light, so I had no choice but to hit him. <laughs> I mean, who stops for a yellow light? Come on. It serves him right. <clears throat> Coming home, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree I don't have. (laughs) As I approached an intersection, a sign suddenly appeared in a place where no stop sign had ever appeared before. I was unable to stop in time to avoid the accident. Uh, In an attempt to kill a fly, I drove into a telephone pole. Um, This one, I didn't think... I didn't think the speed limit applied after midnight. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a speed limit by fairy godmother or something. I don't know. I had been driving for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel and had an accident. <laughs> That'll do it. Take a break, folks. Uh, I left for work this morning at 7 a.m. as usual when I collided straight into a bus. The bus was five minutes early. <laughs> This one, an invisible car came out of nowhere, struck my car, and vanished. Okay. So, you know, we love making excuses. And and if I asked you right now, I said, what do you want to make different about your life? Most of you would probably have two or three things. Right off the top of your head, you know what, this is something that I want different about my life. Maybe maybe for you it's, it's to lose weight. I like to lose a few pounds. Or maybe <coughs> for some it's, it's just to slow down a little bit. I just want to take a breath, slow down, smell the roses, enjoy life a little bit. Some of you say, you know, I want to spend more time with my family or with my friends. Maybe for some of you say, I, I want to use the gifts that God has given me in church to serve others. But there's a problem. The problem is this. Write this down. As soon as I decide to be different, the devil gives me excuses to stay the same. You ever notice that? Like, oh, oh I want to be different. And then we start getting all the excuses of why we should stay the same. In fact, sometimes friends and family are like that too, aren't they? You're like, oh, 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 oh I, I want to lose weight. And they're like, sure you are, honey. Have another slice of pie, you know? It's like we get every excuse why to stay the same. All the reasons why it's just not worth the effort. Jesus told a parable about some excuses. So let's, let's look at that together. In Luke 14, 
starting in verse 16. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. Anybody had a feast over the last two weeks? Anyone? A couple of you guys have. You prepare this great feast, send out all these invitations, all your friends, all your family. Come out to the feast. We're going to have a feast. It's going to be great. We're going to bring in the new year in style. We got all the best food. We got caviar. We got sushi. We got lobster. We got whatever it is that you like, hot dogs. I don't know. And, and he says, I, I, he has his feast. Verse 17. He says, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants out to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. Verse 18. Let's read that sentence together. What's it say? But they all made excuses. They all began making excuses. Excuses, excuses. Anybody ever make an excuse to you? Oh, oh I would love to help you move, but um, I'm going to be washing my socks that weekend, you know? Man, excuses. They all give this guy excuses. One of them said, I just bought a field and, and I must inspect it. Okay. I mean, don't you normally do that before you buy the field? I don't know. It just seems like a good idea. Um, next one says, uh, says, please excuse me. Verse 19. Another one says, I've just bought five oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. It's like if I said, hey, come over to my house. We're going to have a feast, man. And you're like, I just bought a car, and i got to go take it for a test drive. Like, wait, you did what? Like, don't you usually take the test drive first before you buy the car? Like, come on, don't you try the oxen out before you buy them? This is just an excuse. He says, I've just bought five pair of oxen. Ten, ten ox. Five pair. And I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another one said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. <laughs> okay, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> Whatever works for you. But what, what do they do? He's inviting them to come out. And immediately, excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. You know, I, I've talked to people like that before. Like, hey, we should get together sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what day works for you? Well, I don't know. I need to check my calendar. Okay? Like, do you have that on your phone? No. <laughs> I need to go home and... Actually, I need to go to the store and buy a calendar and bring it home. I mean, it's like, we come up with excuses after excuses. I want this thing to be different in my life. But I tried it last year, and it didn't work. And I tried it the year before, and that didn't work either. Man, you ever have a resolution for more than one year in a row? I mean, he's like, you know, every year, same resolution, same resolution. I want to get up on time. I want to go to bed early. I want to watch less TV. I want to watch more TV. I don't know what your resolutions are. And we're like, man, I just can't quite do it. So why do I even bother doing it? Why do I even bother trying? I want to do this, but I'm just not good enough. So we make excuses why, why we're not good enough, why we can't do it. Or on the other side, we make excuses. Well, I would do that, but... I'm just better than most. I don't want people to, to know I need to 
work out to keep this good physique, you know? It's like, I don't want to do that. My pride's not going to let me. I'm better than most people. I'm not going to read my Bible on a regular basis. Excuses after excuses. Did you know by the end of January, 40% of all resolutions are abandoned? Like, that's it. But by February 15th, a mere two weeks later, 75% of all of them are abandoned. People are like, that's it, you know? For those of you that like to go to the gym on a regular basis, man, this is the day you all rejoice, right? Like, I've got my treadmill back, you know? The January warriors are gone now. The gym's making their money for the next 12 months now, and I can come and get my treadmill and walk in peace. Because most people give up on them. We give up on these things. We have good ideas, but then we try to do it in our own strength. We find out that it's limited, what we can do. You ever have a case of the, the itis? The itis? I, if I had started violin lessons when I was 10 years old, man, I'd be in the orchestra right now. <laughs> or man, if, if I had started that business... Man, I'd be a multimillionaire right now. Or, or if I went to college and, and graduated, I could be a doctor right now. And we have conversations like that. Like, like oh, this is great. Man, we, we come with these excuses, excuses. We make up these, these false realities. Here's the problem, though. Let me write this down. So many people have good intentions instead of God intentions. We have good intentions, but not God intentions. There's a big difference between a good intention and a God intention. See, a good intention centers around me. It centers all about me and my benefit, the benefit that it brings to me. Why do I want to be different? It's about me, myself, and I. It's me-centered. But a God intention is different because it's God-centered. It's, it's what does God want to be different about my life this year as we move forward? What does God want? This isn't based on my own ability. This is not a based on my own strength. This is not based on my resolve or my resolution or, or, or how good I think I am. This is something that's based on on God because I realize I can fully rely on God's power and not my power because His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And sometimes the very thing that God wants you to do, the God intention is something that you think you couldn't do. You wish you could, but you know you can't. But He's still calling you to. And He's saying, I will give you the power and the strength to do it. It's different. So this morning, I want to I help us, I want to help me quit making excuses. So there's a, a few questions that I would encourage you to ask yourself. They're a little different than most people, questions most people would ask. But I think they can be dramatic in your life. Instead of asking, what do you want to be different about your life? Write this down, right? What does, God, what does God want to be different about your life? What does God want to be different about my life this year? Not just what do I want to be different. What does God want? What does God, the creator of the universe, 
The one who loves you so much. The one who sent Jesus to this earth to live a life, to offer a salvation. The one that has great plans for you. The one that wants to prosper you. The one that has a perfect will for you. What does He want for your life? What does He want different? I challenge you to prayerfully ponder that for a moment. And you might realize that it might be the same thing that you want. But when you credit it to yourself as your own idea, it changes your perspective on things. It changes how you <coughs> approach it. Thanks. So maybe God wants you to start a ministry. You're like, you know what? I feel like I'm really called to do this thing. Maybe God wants you to give something to someone. Maybe God wants you to be more generous in your life. Maybe God wants you to come and get involved with with Thrive Kids. And you've been feeling like, I think he, He wants me to do that. So what do you believe that God wants to be different about your life? Many of you already know that. So what I want you to do... On the handout, it says, what, do you, what does God want to be different about your life? There's a line there. I want you to write it down. Write down, what do you think God wants you to be? If it's private, just write private, you know? Because, like, neighbors are looking sometimes, you know? <laughs> write it down. Write down something. And then, look, if somebody next to you doesn't have anything, right now, just write down pride, you know? You need to work. No, I'm just joking. Don't do that. <clears throat> I don't want to get any fights here or anything. Um, <laughs> But write down something like, what is God, what do I feel like God wants me to be different in my life? And the second question is where a lot of power really comes from, though. It's not just, what does God want to be different in my life? It's, why does God want this to be different in my life? Why does God want this to be different? Why does He want it different? Because when we connect the spiritual why to the what, then we begin to have the power and the motivation to accomplish the what. See, when we understand why, then we have the power to do what it is God wants us to do. <coughs> Here's an example. If you say, I feel like God wants me to be in better shape. I think He wants me to eat right and lose some weight and start exercising. Why? What? Why do you want to do that? You're like, well, because I'm out of shape, and I'm kind of fat, and I don't look good in fat jeans, okay? <laughs> no, but, but really, let's think about, what's the why? Like, it's because I want to impress the ladies, you know? <laughs> but no, that's not why, okay? Settle down, guys. Um, why does God want you to be in better shape? Look, look what it says in 1 Corinthians 6.19. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. See, we want to honor God by caring for our body because it's His temple. He lives in us. God's Word says the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit is alive and living in us. So shouldn't we take care of ourselves so that we can live a long and prosperous life glorifying God and making a difference for the kingdom of God? See, that's the why behind the what. It's not just so you can go out and impress the ladies or the gentlemen, if you're a lady. You know, it's not just so we can look good. It's so that we can glorify God with taking care of the temple that He's given us. 
See, when we connect the why to the what, it'll motivate us to actually accomplish what it is God wants to be different in our life. So what does He want you to do? What does He want you to do? Maybe, maybe read the Bible. And my challenge to you is this. If you're not already reading your Bible every day, ding, 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 that's the first place to start. Because I can assure you that's what one of the things that God wants us to do is, is to put His Word first, even if it's just five minutes a day. So, you know, what, what does He want you to do? Maybe you say, well, I feel like God wants me to, to pray with my wife or pray with my husband. Or maybe to, to start a group with my friends at school where we can like read a little bit of the Bible and talk about it. I'm nervous, but well, well, why do you think He wants you to do that? I don't know, I just think He does. No, 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 it's not just so you can have something else to do. It's because He wants you to be more like Jesus. He wants you to be more like, like Christ in your life. He wants your life to bring Him glory and honor. And when we start to put the why with the what, when you connect the why with the what, it begins to increase your motivation. Now you're motivated to move forward. Now you're motivated to start that group. Now you're motivated to say, hey buddy, after, you know, after lunch, why don't we sit together and let's talk about what the Bible says. And your friend's like, I don't know man, like, let's just try it. Because you're motivated because you know why. Because God has put that why. He says, oh, he wants me to, re- he can save the lost. He wants me to reach out to my friends. He wants me to love people that nobody else loves. That's the why. What is he calling you to do? Say, well, God's calling me to get out of debt. Why? He wants me to get my spending under control, be more, maybe, maybe be more generous. Why? Because debt's bad and I want a boat, right? Okay, yeah, 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 debt, debt's bad, but nothing wrong with having a boat. I'd like to have a boat. But why does God want you out of debt? It's so that we can honor God with wise stewardship. So that we can live without that stress and the pressure. So that we don't owe anyone anything except to love them. So that we can use our resources for the kingdom of God. See, when you connect the why to the what, our excuses begin to disappear. Because we understand why God wants us to do what it is that He wants us to do. When you know why God wants something, and you agree with it, there's no excuse on earth that can keep it from happening. Did you know that? When we, when we simply come into agreement with God, somebody like, I know what God wants me to do. I'm like, really, that's great. What are you doing about it? Well, nothing. I'm like, okay, how's that working out for you? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like, what do you think? He's just going to drop it in your lap? Listen to what it says in Romans 8.31, second half. It says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Man, you got God on your side. Who can be against you? If you believe that God has called you to do something and you agree with Him and you put Him first, then you can change. If God wants to change, you have every power in heaven available to you. No excuse can keep you from the perfect will of God. There's no excuse that can. Because now we've connected the why with the what. Why? Because this isn't just a, a me-centered good intention. This is a God-centered God intention. Let's quit making excuses for why we can't do this or why we can't do that. In the Old Testament, in the first part of the Bible, there's a story 
That's a good example about making excuses and God's response to them. It's about Moses. When God calls Moses to deliver the Israelites, the Jews, God's people from slavery, they're slaves in Egypt, and God says to Moses, He says, go down and, and help break these people out. And Moses says, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> and I got some good reasons why. Yeah, you ever call them reasons? It's not excuses, it's reasons, right? It's like, no, let's call it what it is, okay? Listen to what he says in Exodus 4. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. He said, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never been. And now, even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled up. What's he saying? He said, I don't like public speaking. If I get in front of you, I want to like pee my pants or something. I can't do that, God. You got the wrong guy. You screwed up. You made a mistake. You thought I could help deliver your people, but I can't do it. I'm the wrong guy for the job. I'm not good enough. He's giving excuses, giving excuses. He, what's he doing? He's looking at his inability rather than God's ability. And sometimes we feel like God's calling me to do something, and instead of doing it, we're just focused on why I can't, why I'm not good enough. I'm looking at my ability, and God's saying, stop looking at your inability. I know you're not able to do it, but I'm more than able, and I want to do this through you if you just be quiet for a minute and let me work in your life. He's trying to use His power rather than God's. If God's for us, who can be against us? Verse 11. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Okay, I'm reading this wrong. Let me read it the right way. Then the Lord said to Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Come on! You moron, I made your stinking mouth. I don't think he said it quite like that. But I think that's the attitude that's coming across here. Moses, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't speak, God. Who made your mouth? Come on, tell me who made it. Tell me, come on, Moses. Tell me who made your mouth. Well, 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 you did? Who made your mouth? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak? Or hear or don't hear? Or see or not see? Isn't it I, the Lord? Don't... Don't you think that if I'm going to ask you to do something, I'm going to help you get it done, Moses? Don't you think so? Don't you think I want to help you move forward? Don't you think so? You know, and it's kind of funny because, because we see Moses says, please, I need some help. And God says, fine, I'll send Aaron to come along and hold your hand. But as we study it further, we don't really see Aaron doing most of the talking. It's Moses, because God empowered him. He gave him the power. He's not going to call you to do something and then abandon you and be like, fine, go do this, have fun, and I'm going to sit back and laugh while you fail. No, if he called you to do something, I agree, I'm going to move forward. He's going to also give you the power to do it. You think God wants something different in your life this year? Well, don't you think he's going to help you to get it done? What did God tell Jeremiah? He said, is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for our God? I believe some of you, 
Some of you know what God wants to be different in your life. Right now, you're like, I know it. I can't even admit it. I can't even write it down on a piece of paper because people would think I'm crazy or I'm weird. But you know what it is. You know what that thing is. And, and, and if God is putting that in there, you might have had excuses. Well, I just can't, I can't overcome that addiction. I can't do this. I can't move forward. I can't stop that habit. I can't get discipline in my life. I can't get up on time. I can't get out of debt. And we, you know what it is. And it will never happen. But let me ask you this. Is anything too hard for my Lord? No. There's nothing too hard for him. Man, there's not, he's not going to have you do something without giving you the power to do it. You're like, well, you don't understand, though. God wants me to, to be patient, but my kids are driving me crazy. How do you think he's going to teach you patience, honey? <laughs> going to probably beat through the kids. They're like, well, I just think I should be more submissive, but I'm not that kind of person. Or... I just, I think God wants me to have a godly marriage, but she's just, oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> I think God wants me to get better grades, but how can I study when I'm playing video games all the time? I got to get my gaming in, man. I mean, you know, it's like, do you think this is really too hard for God? No more excuses. Let's stop making excuses. Listen to what God said to Moses. I love this in verse 12. What's he say? What's those first two words? Now. now go. That's it. You can be dismissed. No. He's like, now go. Go. Now go. He says, I'll be with you. And I'll instruct you in what to say. There's two practical thoughts here. He says, now go. And then he says, as you're going, I'm going to instruct you. He says, do what you can do. Go now. I told you what to do. Now go. No more excuses. No more whining. No more st- 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 stuttering, Moses. I made your mouth. Now go. Go. No, no, no more. Go. Get moving. Stop saying, I should, I should do that someday. Someday I should do. No, no, no. no. Go. Quit praying about it. Well, I'm just going to pray about it for another five years and then maybe I'll do it. No. Quit praying about it. You know God wants you to do it. Go. Go. Delayed obedience is what, folks? Disobedience. Happens in my house and I'm like, like, go clean your room. Like, oh, no, like, oh I'm going to do it later. I'm like, no, you're doing it now. I want to do it later. No, 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 I said go do it now. Delayed obedience is not obedience anymore. Don't you dare delay. If you know what God's calling you to do, don't delay it. If God showed you something... Do the very next thing you can. Don't over-spiritualize this. Some people are like, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Stop your waiting on the Lord stuff. Get moving. Get moving. Start moving. Sometimes we just over-spiritualize this. I will do what I can do and trust God to do what I cannot do. Say that together. Let's read that together. I will do what I can do and trust God to do what I cannot do. I'm going to do what I can do. Oh, I, I, need, I need to do we'll, we'll just take that one step. Do what you can do. That's, it's that simple. 
God wants something different in your life? Just do what you can do. Oh, I think God wants me to stop smoking. But I'm just waiting for Him to take the desire away. It ain't going to happen. That's stupid. Throw the pack away. Put it in the box back there. Give it to us. We'll smoke it for you. No. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Some of you say, like, you know, smoking going to send me to hell. No, no, no. It may just make you smell like you already been there. Make you go to heaven a little faster, maybe. But it's not going to send you there. But, but, you know, we need to stop just, oh, I'm waiting for God to take it. Throw it in the trash today. Well, God wants me to be in, in better shape. Go home. Throw out the Twinkies, man. i got to finish the box. No, you don't. Throw it out. They don't belong to you anymore. That cigarettes, they don't belong to you anymore. Like, i got to stop doing it. They don't belong. It's not Twinkies, it's chips. It doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to God now. And the way you give it back to Him is through the garbage can. God, I give this to You in Jesus' name. Yeah, I know this sounds easy, but it's not always easy. Some you say, well, I feel like I should start a ministry or do something. Call somebody and tell them, hey, you know what? I'm going to do something good for God. This is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Because see, once we do what we can do, then God can move forward and start to do what only He can do. Yeah, you can't do it on your own. But He can do it through you. Say, so I should get involved with a group. I should start a group. You know, it's easy. On the bottom of here, there's like four questions. Grab someone today. It's like, hey, hey, what, what, can I ask you these questions you asked me? Let's just talk about it. Let's just discuss it. Let's just go a little bit deeper. Let's just, let's just talk about things to God just a little bit. Start a group. Do something. Move forward. Take a step. The next thing from Exodus 4.12. Now go. And then he says, it says, when you go, God will help you and teach you along the way. When you go, now this goes contrary to the way we think. God said to Moses, go, now go. He says, and I'll be with you as you speak. I'll instruct you in what to say. He didn't say, here's the outline, dude. Here's how it's all going to roll out. He said, just go, and I'll give you the information you need as you're going there. It's not like college. See, we, we, like, we like the idea of college, right? I go, and I spend my time learning everything I need, and then I go and I do something. God's not like that. He's like, hey, you, go do that. Like, I need to know how. No, 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 no. Go, go now. I'll teach you while you're doing it. <laughs> We're like, but I feel nervous about that. That's okay. He wants you to rely on him then. Not rely on yourself, not to lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct you, and He'll lead your path. So He says, go and I'll teach you. You know what He's kind of saying here? I'm not going to help you until you go. I'm not going to help you until you take that first step. Moses, we can sit around here by the burning bush all day long. And I'm not going to help you talk any better than you are right now. But once you get going, once you get moving, then I'm going to help you. you got to do what you can do. Because here's the thing. There's some things God won't do for you. 
There's some things God won't do for you. You got to do yourself. There's some things you got to take a step. You got to do it. Once you take the step, he'll, he'll empower you. He'll begin to move in you. He'll begin to give you the strength. He'll begin to direct you and guide you and lead you. You know, you do what you can do. And then he's like, I will come in and do what you can't do. Say, but you don't know how long I've been dealing with this addiction. You don't know how long I've been addicted to porn. You don't know how long my family has been falling apart. You don't know how long my grades have been suffering in school. You don't know how long I've been going through all of this stuff. You don't know how long I've been struggling with weight. You don't know how long I've been having this bad habit in my life. You don't know how long I've been procrastinating and putting things off and not getting things done and not paying bills on time. You don't know how long I've been taking that credit card and swiping it over everything I see and, and, and as a result he said stop I want you to take a step take the credit card and cut it in half today don't put another purchase on it honey just go ahead and cut that thing give it to God it's an offering throw it in the trash cut it up first though you know people go through your trash sometimes take the step you know what it is take the step I'm not saying you go go and figure it all out right now Okay, I gotta write down 10 pages of how I'm gonna do this. Just take the step. Take the step. In Psalms 119, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like, we're walking this journey of life, this path that God has for us. And I want the light on the destination. I wanna see the whole path and where I'm gonna end up. I want if I gotta go through a swamp. I wanna see if I gotta go over a mountain or through a valley. And you know what God's saying? If you knew you had to go through the swamp, you wouldn't even take that first step. But let me tell you something. I'm gonna be with you through that swamp. I'm gonna be with you through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have to fear any evil because I will be there with you. My rod and staff, they'll comfort you. Move forward. Yeah, you don't see the mountains ahead. That's okay. You don't need to see that right now. All you need to see is the next step. And I think you know what it is. Take that step. Take that step. Stop making excuses. We can't make excuses anymore. It's not doing us any good or else this year we're going to live it. And then 2017 we'll be back at the same place we are right now. And oh man, I just made excuses again. The whole year. You do what you can do, and he says that he'll help you and he'll teach you along the way. Let's not make excuses. If God wants it and you want it, then there's no excuse powerful enough to stop. There's no power, there's no weapon that can stop you from what God wants. Think about what could be different in your life. What could be different in your family's life. Think about what could be different in school, at your job, if you quit making excuses. The dog didn't eat your homework, buddy. Stop making the excuses. Don't come in with good ideas. Let's come with God ideas. Let's not come with good intentions. Let's come with God intentions. You do what you can do and let Him do what you can. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your Word thank you for this brand new year you've given us. And Lord, as we're starting a new year, let us also start anew with you. 
let us let us just come to you right now and give you all that we are let us leave our past behind we know there's some things that you want to be different let us come with intentions focused around you not about us draw us to you some of you here one one of the things you've been making excuse for a long time is is maybe even just putting your faith fully in God say you know I I, I think I should but I've got every reason why why I'm not going to put my faith in time it's time to stop making excuses and as we start this new year, I think it's, it's appropriate for us to say, you know what, let's start new with God today. And God's word says that if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we say it with our mouth, that we'll be saved. So let's pray together, let's pray out loud, and invite Him to be the number one in our life. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that you're my Lord, and I believe you're my Savior. I'm going to stop making excuses. I quit right now. I'm going to take the step you want me to take. And I trust that you'll give me the strength I need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.